Welcome to Make and Decorate, a podcast for makers who love to sew, quilt, and decorate. Hello and welcome everyone to the Make and Decorate podcast. I'm Stephanie, your host, and this is episode 15. It is a mini-sode, and um, I just have a couple of little announcements. Um, First of all, just looking at the podcast schedule for the rest of this month, uh, I'm going to be taking a two-week break, the week of Christmas and the week of New Year's, and uh, I will be back up with a regular full-length episode on Thursday, January 10th. I have a great guest planned for that episode, so you will not want to miss it. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the show. I'm so happy that you have been sharing the show. Um, The listenership has been growing, and um, I thank you very much for it and for um, coming back every week or every other week and listening to the show. So... um, Last episode, I had Irina Stahl from Sugary Dew on. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. I really loved talking with Irina. And um, we were talking about the um, um, amigurumi, which is the Japanese term for crochet little stuffed toys or crochet in the round. And um, so afterwards... I was just kind of trying to look around to see what was available here for us in the States. And because it, you know, it seemed like it was everywhere in the Netherlands. And um, plus, this is new to me. It's a new type of craft for me. I'm not that, I mean, I I have crocheted in the past. Um, I've even tried knitting and knitted a scarf one time. But I'm just not as up on what's going on with that a craft as I am with quilting and sewing. So I looked up what stitch shows we've got. And there's, um, I guess it's called Knitting Universe. And they are the ones that um, they um, put on the um, stitches shows. So there is a West Stitches West show coming up in Santa Clara, California in February, uh, the 21st through the 24th. So if you had any interest at all in those cute little amigurumi um, little animals and stuff, um, I'm sure that show will have um, booths that will have that type of project and um, lots of yarn, uh, tons of yarn I've read at those shows. And um, here by me in the Midwest, it's going to be the Midwest Stitches, that's coming back August 1 through 4, 2019. So I didn't go this past year, but um, I I think I'm definitely going to try to make a point to go this year because I really want to see. I, I don't know. It's just, um, it's really, really uh, interesting to me. And if it's as simple as Irina says, <laughs> I'm going to give it a go. So that's just a recap of the Sugar Edu episode. And um I when I get my order from her, it's on its way. So I can't wait to see I bought a little uh, box of um, the little mini yarns to get me started. Um, And some of that tea bag paper for foundation paper piecing. All right. And oh, 
this is everywhere. I'm sure you have seen it in your Instagram or Facebook feeds by now. But in case you haven't, Ulfa, because you guys know I love rotary cutters and as well as sewing machines. So Ulfa is um, introducing a new, and it's a limited edition, original rotary cutter. <laughs> um, and it's called Ruby. And it's this beautiful, deep ruby red. Think of Dorothy's slippers from The Wizard of Oz. And that'll be available in February. They have been doing this 12 Days of Christmas where they're partnering up with other um, businesses and companies. And um, I usually don't, there's like a million gajillion of those um, on Instagram and Facebook. And you've got to do this whole little, you know, um, trail of things to try to, you know, get a chance to win these prizes. And I, I normally don't do a ton of them. This one I am doing. I am participating all 12 days for a chance to win a Ruby Ulfa rotary cutter and whatever else is a little bonus. Like for instance, today they're partnered with Orafil and you're if the winner is going to get not only the Ulfa cutter but um a a package of Orafil threads. So that's that's pretty awesome. And um I think there is like a runner up prize too where it's just the cutter, which I'd be happy with that too. But I rarely win anything. I just don't have that kind of luck. What I can remember there was one instance where I actually won something and that was back in 2015 at actually it was my very first sewing retreat. And it was at Sotopia, and um, they I I actually won like a, a roll of oh it's not a jelly roll it was like bigger there was it was almost like a mm, eighth of a yard bundle of all these beautiful solids rolled up and I won it I couldn't believe it that was so awesome but yeah so that's pretty much the only thing I've ever won ever <laughs> so um. Anyway, I'm looking forward to see if I win a rotary cutter. So you guys should probably go. You probably already have. But um, what else? Let's see. Oh, so I do have a little update on the Martelli Ergo rotary cutter. I mentioned this in a previous episode that I had gotten it but hadn't opened it up yet. Well, I've actually started to use it. I've used it for, um, I don't know, a few days now. And um, I'm still, you know, I'm I, I'm not giving my full and final review. I'm just giving like kind of like a process review here. And it definitely is a bit of a learning curve, especially when you're used to using the traditional straight style rotary cutters, because your your hand grabs on a handle that's that's bent a little and you have to put your arm to the side of your body. You're not cutting in front of you. And then your thumb and forefinger also are placed on two spots on the rotary cutter. Once you kind of get used to that motion, um, I will say that I did notice a lot of pressure and stress 
taken off of my shoulder. That's where I felt most of the relief and a little bit in the wrist. But um, I kind of went back and forth because I really wanted to see what the difference was. And I really noticed it when I was cutting full with the fabric strips more so than like the small cuts because I, I used it in small straight cuts and then I also used it in full with the fabric cuts and it really um, I think does reduce um, the stress on your shoulder and wrist maybe even elbow joints for long cuts so I'm still going to try to use it um, and it's just kind of like, you know, you got to develop that memory muscle to use this rotary cutter, but I like it. So the only thing is that I, I mean, I still will use other rotary cutters for different purposes because I, I was cutting um, half square triangles where you have to cut around, you know, you sew the square and then you, you cut, um, you know, just squaring them up. So on the turn table um, rotary mat, the cutting mat that turns, this rotary cutter, the Ergo by Martelli, you really, you really can only go the one direction straight. So I'm used to being able to cut two sides before I make a turn of the mat. And uh, there's no way you can cut across right to left on the top of your square. So that slowed me down a little bit. And then I switched to my other rotary cutter because I'm used to going straight up and left, right to left, turn the mat and then do the other two sides. So um, I'm sure that's like not the point. The point is to be ergonomic so that you don't, you know, but I mean, for this, I don't know, I was just like, this is slowing me down. I need to be able to cut two sides at once. So <laughs> that's when I switched back to the other rotary cutter. But um so far, so good. So I, um, I did a project and it's really cute and I want to tell you about it. Um, I did a completely hand sewn project uh, with felt and it's a little stuffed bear. I posted it on my Instagram. You can go take a look. Um, my Instagram is stephanie.socha.design. Um, and then, um, actually, before I get into this, I want to tell you guys that I have a hashtag. So if you ever want to see um, things posted, I, I usually try to tag them with hashtag make and decorate podcast, um, especially things that I've mentioned on the show. And I, I would welcome any of you guys posting things that you want me to see Um whether it has to do with the shows or whatever. So you can certainly use the hashtag make and decorate podcast. So um, that'll be a good way for us to um, communicate. So back to the bear, this stuffed bear is um, it's a pattern by ginger melon. Uh, her the pattern designer name is Shelly. She's out of Vancouver, um, Canada. And um I actually purchased the pattern with the kit that had all the little felt pieces. And I purchased this like well over a year ago. <laughs> so I kind of tend to do that. I see things that I get all googly eyed over and oh, love and then it just takes me a while to actually finally get to it. But I got to it. And it was really cute. I made it in a day. Um, although I cut all the pieces out on a different day. So um, you might do the same. It's kind of what I do with all 
patterns involving fabric cutting and versus the sewing. I usually just cut everything out the day before I actually sew it. So, uh, and you sew it, you stitch it with um, embroidery thread or floss. And it turned out so cute. I was so pleased with it. This was this is a similar concept that I was talking with Irina about with the little stuffed animals. So this this stuffed animal is made of all felt, and the amigurumi one is made by crocheting um, the fabric and then stuffing it. But the felt was is really cute, and one of the more most used stitches was the blanket stitch. And it's really not that hard. And let me tell you, I was getting pretty quick at that stitch by the end of the project. Pretty, pretty good. And then the the bear is given such personality when you embroider the nose and the little eyelashes. The little eyes are put in. Those are those little plastic. But there's several ways you can do it. So you don't have to use the little plastic eyes that get put in and secured from the back, you can also embroider the eyes with thread if you want to. So um, really cute. And it, it it's a tiny bear. It's really small, but it's it's so cute. Little kids would love it. And it's also would be a, a cute little decoration on a, on a shelf or whatever. But I loved it. And I recommend that project and the pattern. And you can buy just the pattern too. Ginger Melon Girl is the name, I think. Well, that's her um, Instagram name. But Ginger Melon is the company and she has an Etsy shop. So you can go check that out. And she has been doing a 12 Days of Christmas special uh, for 12 days. And she started it this Monday. So by by the time this episode comes out on Thursday, it'll probably be halfway through, but you'll, you can still jump into it when you hear the episode and check out her Etsy's shop, Ginger Melon. So yeah, it came together fairly quickly in an afternoon and <laughs> it was very good to keep my hands busy because I love football and my team is the Chicago Bears and uh, when they played, it was a game that went into overtime. I mean, we barely lost, but it was such a good game. It was one of those games that you still feel good because you felt like they really just like put it all out there and did they couldn't have done any well, I mean, they could have done a little better because they could have won. But I mean, they really did a great job. But it was so I'm telling you, these games can get me so stressed. <laughs> so when they keep my hands busy, made it so much better. It's so cathartic. And, you know, um, I highly recommend it if you're watching any competitive sport that gets you a little bit anxious. So um, yeah, that was the little sweetheart bear peony. And I purchased it. Actually, I want to give a shout out to my local shop, um, which is in the Chicagoland area. It's actually, oh, it's it's far from me. So it's quite a drive. But it's a I don't know, I guess it's about 35 miles from the city. Um, but it's called Benzie Design. And I actually placed just placed an order for a few more um, sheets of the they have she has a really nice selection of a blend of wool acrylic blend. So it's a very nice quality felt and um, uh, pretty well priced. Um, and she has an online shop. So Benzie Design. Uh, you could ships all over the world, so you can go there and place an order. Um, what's next? 
Okay. So happenings around here. There's been, uh, I'm sure everyone is just so busy right now. Um, but there's a lot of good things, cool things happening. And um, hopefully you guys are managing your holiday stress well. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm doing okay. You know, as soon as I took a bunch of handmade gifts off of my to do list, I'm feeling so much better. I'm still making a couple of things, but not as much as I originally had geared up for. And um, let me tell you, I feel so much better. And I feel like I am enjoying the holiday season now. Like I can actually really experience it and enjoy it and breathe. And, you know, just like making that little bear, it was just nice. It was nice to be able to do that. So I, I highly recommend it to everyone. Um, and, but I am working on a co- client's quilt commission project and I'm almost done with it. I've been working on it for a good part of the year. Uh, and, um, I'm in the last you know, there's only um, and one more section, and then I've got to put the borders on. So when that is done, I will photograph it. And um, it is the Tulip Pink Butterfly Quilt. It's beautiful, but it's super time consuming. It's not the the hardest part are um, the um, she's got some smaller blocks. And it's it's not so much sewing curves. These are round pieces, kind of like those drunkard's path type pieces where it's a um, a quarter round with the other um, sort of L-shaped with the concurve K, you know, arc on it where you're sewing the two opposite shapes of the arc together. And it seems like it's not going to fit, but it really does. Um, so... And that's usually not a problem for me. I don't have problems sewing curves, but these are small. They're tiny and they're challenging. So I finally figured out a way because I don't really like to pin that much. But on these, you have to pin if you want to sew them correctly <laughs> the first time and not have to rip out. So... um I, I do, because usually I just do the three pins, the one at the beginning, the one at the center mark, and the one at the end, and I can get the curves to go. Well, on these really tiny ones, I've got to do those three, beginning, middle, end, and then I go in between in the center of those, each of those pinned sections with um, a... Oh, I'm not explaining this well. So basically, I go to the centers of each of those sections and put another pin. And then I do a center of each of those sections. So essentially, I end up with what? Three, nine pins total. And when you do it like that, then then I can sew around it fine. It, it Everything pretty much lines up so much better. It was, you know, it was like just, you know really resisting the pin thing. But after I did two of them with just the three pins, it wasn't working. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to have to pin this and pin it and pin it. But (laughs) it worked. So that's just the, the hardest part of the entire thing. All the other log cabins and everything, those are really easy. 
Um, but there's a lot of tiny pieces, a lot of inch and a half, lots of cutting. And um, but you know what, once it and some fussy cutting too, because I have some directional fabrics. But it is looking so beautiful. And I love it. And I have shown my clients some pictures of progress on the way and she loves it. And that's what really matters. And I'm so glad. Plus, I'm, I mean, it's all Liberty Fabrics plus some solids from um, Art Gallery. I love their solid line, the uh, Pure Elements. So that's what's going on with that quilt. So I wanted to talk a little bit about my freelance interior design. We've got um, a few big projects that we've been working on um, most of the year. And one of them is a... Um, new design build construction. The other one is more like a gut renovation. So um, the first design build one is huge. It's like, I don't know, 4,500 square feet condo unit. It's gorgeous. And this one is almost done with the um, interior um, construction. So last week they were putting in all of the fixtures and, you know, um, finishing up the wood trim. We uh, finished the wallpaper installation. There's a lot of wallpaper in this unit and um, all the painting has been done. So after the holidays, we will start getting the window treatments installed and delivering the furniture. This is the part that is a lot of fun, but it's also a ton of work. There's a lot of schlepping involved. <laughs> People think that interior design is so glamorous, but I can tell you, I've been doing this for 18 years, it is not glamorous. It, you're, even the fancy designers will tell you there's a lot of schlepping that goes on, which means you're just lugging tons of stuff from wherever to to the job site and you're moving furniture around you're you're getting up on ladders you're just you know so the second project which is a a gut renovation is in the city so cute it's like a row house and they've converted it to have a downstairs separate apartment that will be rented out and then they have the upper two floors um it's just it's coming along really well. This, they have a really tall ceiling height. I think it's like 12 foot ceilings, but the space is narrow. So it really needs that height so that it doesn't feel as small. Um, and uh, so, yeah, so I've got a couple of tips. It reminded me that, you know, here there's a couple of things here that a lot of people do not think about until it's too late. So I wanted to share it with you. And that has to do with electricity. Uh, it doesn't sound really interesting. But um, if any of you are doing renovation projects in your own home, whether it's your own DIY, or you are planning a renovation, and you're hiring help, you're hiring a contractor or handyman or something, keep this in mind. Because this project, you know, we had to, to keep it, we have to keep it in mind in any project. And people forget to place outlets. And this is really usually a factor in a living room, great room, family room type area. So um, 
if you have, and a lot of the spaces nowadays are that open design. And the open design is where you place your furniture in the center of a room. So your seating area, there's a lot of sectionals. Um, and they will face a fireplace or media wall. But then there are no other walls around with outlets. So it's on like a little island. Then what happens when you need to plug in a lamp, a floor lamp, or um, something else that needs power? <laughs> it's not there. Then you have to run an extension cord? No. I mean, first of all, there's a safety issue. Um, there are some things that we have done. If, if, for instance, you have a large area rug, then you can run a cord underneath it. But, you know, you have to cut a little slit or a hole in the rug and run it. And then sometimes you have to change that cord to be a flat cord because there will be a little lump. Run it towards, you know, the wall. And then there might be a little spot between where the rug ends, maybe 12 inches or so from there to the wall, where you will see a cord running from underneath the rug to the outlet. So think about putting floor outlets in around where your seating is going to be. Floor outlets that are recessed. This is if you have contractors. So it's just ideas I'm throwing out there for you guys. If you're if you're, you know, renovating a home, building a new home, or having some work done like that, consider floor outlets, and you have to tell your contractor to recess them, which means that it's going to be placed flush with the floor, so that when you plug in, the plug is not sticking up and creating a lump under the carpet, <laughs> um, or sticking up from the floor. The other tip is thinking about lighting on the walls. If you're going to do any sort of sconce lighting or um, built-in bookcases or even not built-ins, if you're just putting bookcases there and you want those lit, there has to be hardwire electricity run through the walls so the lighting can be wired to the bookcases or even those little um, those little round lights that are um, put into bookcases like they call them little puck lights or LED lights or even any lights that you want like that shines on artwork those can be hardwired but they you have to know about that before the walls are closed up with new drywall so the contractor really has to know about that before they close up the walls. And if you are doing a project where you are opening up any walls, that is a good opportunity for you to add <laughs> some electrical outlets, some lighting, you know. So um, I just want to throw that out there because that's a great time to do it. But once it's done, once, you know, the walls are closed up, it's too late. Now, Sometimes, if, let's say you wanted some lighting in a bookcase, you can get the battery-operated lights. But just think about having to climb up there and changing those batteries out all the time. And especially in, you know, a space that has 12-foot ceilings. I mean, that's, that's quite high. Yeah, so that's just something to think about. 
think about where your lighting is going to be and make sure that you talk with the contractor and that um, they are able to bring the wiring to where it needs to go. Hopefully these are helpful tips for you guys. If you like getting these kinds of tips, let me know. And if you don't, then let me know that too. So my plan for this podcast is to customize it around um, my content and what my listeners want to hear. All right. And the very last update is I got my FabFitFun Winter Box. This is my second box from them. So I just subscribed in the fall. And so far, so good. I love it. I love getting this box. Um, and I just, um, you know, I, I wanted to subscribe to this for at least a year because I was watching all these YouTube um, videos of people showing these boxes. And actually, that was pretty helpful to see what people were getting. But um yeah, it, it what really helps is that you can customize up to a certain extent what you get in your own box. And cuz the control freak that I am, I don't like to be surprised. I want to know what I'm getting and um it actually helps because then it increases the um potential that you're going to actually use everything that you get. And I love that. Nothing goes to waste and I don't have to like try to find someone that's going to be able to use this. So, I love it. It's so much fun. The boxes are so pretty and they definitely can be reused or recycled. So, um yeah, I highly re- recommend it and it only comes four times a year, which I also love. I I will get too overwhelmed with um, a subscription that's every month. So it just lets me, allows me to enjoy what I get over the course of three months or so, four months, and then I get the next season. Plus, plus you're also into a whole nother season. So it's really cool. It's such a great concept and they do such a great job. They have really good service so far. Um, so all great things. I, I just, I, I haven't, knock on wood, <laughs> I haven't, but it's only my second box. So we'll see. We'll, uh, we'll see uh, how it keeps going, but I'll keep you updated. All right. That's it for the mini this week. I hope you all are having a wonderful, crafty, quilty, decorating week and enjoying the season. And I will um, try to have one more episode up by next week. Um, that's my goal. And then the two week break. So, um, Enjoy the holidays, everyone, and I will talk to you next time. Bye.